Hello Restoration, this is Krista Young in my backyard and today I am reading Psalm 131, all three verses. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. Well, good morning, Restoration. My name is Dorothy White. For those of you who don't mean, for those of you who don't know me, I have been at Restoration since the beginning, since I was just 10 years old, and it's been an absolute joy to grow up with this amazing church family. Another get-to-know-me tidbit is that I am a senior at University of Northwestern St. Paul studying early childhood education, which is important because I'll kind of go into teacher mode a little bit later. Um, and then I'm also studying Bible, which is kind of why I'm up here right now. When Rob asked me a couple weeks ago if I wanted to preach again, I was like, sure. <laughs> when he said the topic was worship, I was like, great. I can talk about my favorite Hillsong lyrics and like tell everybody about how amazing that Praise Chapel is at UNW. But then, as I was praying about it, as I was talking to God about what he wanted me to share with you today, he led me in a direction that I never would have chosen on my own. Worship through silence. And initially, I was going to focus on worshiping through silence when God seemed silent, but again, God had different plans. And I know from experience and from the book of Jonah that ignoring what God has to say doesn't end well. So, I set out on a journey to learn about being quiet before God and how to worship through that. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm not a quiet person. I like to sing loud, I love to talk, I have a hard time sitting still, and I'm really very excitable, which often results in someone, usually one of my family members, telling me to tone it down a notch. So when God put it on my heart to speak about quietly coming before him in worship, I was mildly terrified because I knew that I had a lot of learning to do. But thankfully, we serve a God who provides, who promises that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. So as I took a step out into the unknown, I knew that God was, and still is, walking with me and that he would provide the knowledge and the words that he wanted me to share with you this morning. The scripture that I chose, like Krista read this morning, was Psalm 131. And this chapter, even though it's only three verses, has so much to learn about coming quietly before the Lord. Verse 1 says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Looking at this verse as three individual parts, we have heart, eyes, and occupying yourself. Something that I learned about worship through this journey is that it's much bigger than just singing about God on Sunday morning. Worship is first and foremost a heart set. It comes from within. Worship is internal. In order to worship, our hearts need to be open. Open to what God has for us, open to what he has to say to us. I'm reminded of the song, Here's My Heart, by Casting Crowns. The chorus of that song says, Here's my heart, Lord, speak what is true. 
I love this song and often begin my Jesus time with singing this song or just listening to the lyrics, letting them wash over me, because it really helps me get into the heart set of worship. I think that a heart set of worship is first and foremost a humble heart. We all know the brag bag know-it-all who always talks about themselves, their accomplishments, what they did, where they went, etc. A prideful person's heart is definitely elevated. A prideful person's heart is definitely elevated. That's not a humble heart. Jeremiah 9:23 through 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. I am so thankful that God knows my heart, that I don't have to sell myself to him. I don't have to prove myself to him because Jesus has and knows my heart. Because Jesus has and knows my heart, I can lay it and everything on it at his feet. Another thing that God taught me while I was preparing for this morning is that worship is not about me. Worshiping quietly before our great God is not about me. It never has been, it is not, and it never will be. Worship is about God and only God. Louis Giglio said, Worship is a declaration of war against everything that says God can't. There are so many things in our society that preach a self-centered and independent lifestyle, and that lifestyle exudes the mantra that God is not necessary to live a complete life. If I am entering into a heart set of worship, everything that says God can't is left at the door and shattered in his presence. I'm sure we all know the Sunday school song, you know, the one that goes, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Told you I was going to go into teacher mode. <laughs> there's nothing my God cannot do. Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. If I'm walking humbly with my God, I am not seeking to do my will, but rather God's. The second part of verse 1 is my eyes are not raised too high. Like I said before, worship is not about me. And even though it isn't, that doesn't mean that it's grueling. That doesn't mean that it's unbeneficial. God withholds no good things from us. And because I know that, I know that whatever he has called me to do, I can do with an open heart of worship because his plan for me is good. His plan for you is good. I can walk humbly with him to bring glory to his name and to his kingdom. What about the last part of verse 1 then? I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. What does that mean? What's too great? What's too marvelous? Well, I believe that it could be what distracts us from God. There are so many distractions in the world, and the enemy loves to attempt to pull us away from God by using those things as distractions. If we turn our attention away from God, if we seek satisfaction of our hearts from something of the world, we're essentially saying that God isn't enough. Isn't that silly? It happens, though. This is why I think it's so important to seek a humble heart set of worship 
to God. To declare, war, to declare war against anything that says he can't. Because there's nothing that he can't do. Because I know that, and because I know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Because I know that verse, I can take rest in him. What I love about Jeremiah 29, 11 is the context. One of my biggest pet peeves as a Bible student is scripture taken out of context. If you have read the book of Jeremiah, you know that it is not a happy story. It's not. The people of God have been exiled and turning, are turning away from the Lord. Jeremiah has been called by God to prophesy to God's people, imploring them to turn back and follow God. Jeremiah 29.11 is not a cute verse to post in your Instagram bio. Jeremiah 29.11 is a promise. It's a promise from God that all of the turmoil and all of the awfulness that his people are going through is a part of his master plan. And that plan is not to hurt them. And even though they are in the middle of a bleak exile that seems impossible to escape from, and many of them didn't. It was like 70 years long. But even though that it seemed impossible to escape from, God still pulled them out. He fulfilled that promise. God is promising good through the trial. He gave his people hope and a future. God brings his plan into fruition. The Israelites weren't in exile forever, and God always fulfills his promises. There's examples scattered all over scripture about God fulfilling his promises. Because I know that God is going to fulfill his promises, because I know that beauty is going to rise out of the ashes, I can find rest in my God. This brings us to Psalm 131 too. But I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I love, love the way that the Revised Standard Version says it. But I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a child that is quieted at its mother's breast. I think that's just... So beautiful. The relationship between a mother and a child is unique and instinctive. Early childhood education fact for you. While in utero, a baby can feel and hear the heartbeat of its mother. And then after birth, the mother's heartbeat still provides a sense of comfort to that baby. So, God is our father, right? It's kind of like parental relationship. We can find rest in him. We can take comfort in him. When we're comfortable, it's easy to relax. It's easy to be peaceful. This verse raised a question for me, though. How long does it take until silence gets awkward? In my field of work, that's called wait time. I think that it depends on the situation, though. If you don't know a person, or if you're in an unfamiliar place, or an uncomfortable situation, or an uncomfortable place, where you have nothing to do, 
it can get uncomfortable very quickly. We are all familiar with the situation where you go somewhere with a friend and then they introduce you to someone new and then they just leave you there. There are two kinds of people in this situation. Extroverts, who can just talk and talk and talk and talk and somehow keep a conversation going because they likely have no issue making connection, no issue talking to people. But then there are introverts, like my whole family. When the conversation runs dry for introverts, it can just get, like, agonizing because they can just sit in silence. Like, some people might not have a problem with that, but as time goes on, it'll probably get uncomfortable pretty quick, very awkward very quickly. And depending on the person, depending on how awkward you are, might draw an awkward silence. (laughs) But then on the flip side, When you are comfortable with a place or a person, you can just sit quietly, and it isn't agonizing or uncomfortable. I know that some of my best friends, when we hang out, we can literally just sit in each other's presence and not say a word. And it's amazing to just sit in each other's company. Personally, I love times like this, because as my best friend puts it, I am a social homeworker, meaning that I get work done better when there are people around. That type of relationship is so comforting and so awesome to have. It's how I want my relationship with God to look. I want to be so comfortable with God that I can just sit in silence with him and enjoy his presence and enjoy his creation. That takes practice, though. It's not the easiest thing that I have ever done. I'm still working on it. (laughs) But I have learned so much by just sitting quietly and coming before the Lord without having to say anything. Sometimes there are no words to say, and that's okay. Being able to come to God with an open heart and no words is powerfully beautiful. Like I said earlier, God knows my heart. So when I am overwhelmed with whatever situation, whatever emotion, Jesus knows my heart, and I don't have to try to find words to explain what's going on to him. Finally, though, when I come quietly before God, I can hear what he has to say to me. One of my favorite posters that I ever made for a classroom said silent and listen are spelled with the same letters. If I want to hear what God has to tell me, I can't be blabbering on and on and on and on. I have to turn off my voice and turn on my listening ears. Any relationship is not a one-way street. Both parties in a good relationship need to speak and listen. You need to do both. That's how a relationship grows. And your relationship with God is the single most important relationship you will ever have. On the flip side, silent does not mean stagnant. It's still important to talk to God, but there needs to be a healthy balance between speaking and listening. God wants you to talk to him, but he can't be put in a box. God is not a vending machine that you can just push a few buttons and get what you want from him. Sometimes God's plan does not align with what we want. Look at Jonah. Sometimes it just doesn't work out the way we want it to. But God's plan is always best. I have found that stepping back and letting God lead the way has opened doors to new opportunities that I never thought that we would have, that I would have. All because I put my plan aside and listened to God. God wants to talk to us, but if we never stop talking, 
we aren't going to be able to hear it. Remember, Psalm 131.3, O Israel, O hope in the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. God has got your back. Good things will come from following and listening to him. So as we come to a close this morning, I challenge you to find a time to sit quietly before God with a heart set of worship and remember to put your hope in God because he knows your heart and he has a beautiful plan for you. So instead of closing the service in a song, this morning we're going to close service by worshiping through a time of silence. To open your heart. I invite you to open your heart and open your ears to listen to what God has to say to you this morning. And then after a couple minutes, I'll come back and close us in prayer. Father God, thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning in this space that we have been blessed with. I pray a blessing of hope and peacefulness over everyone here in person and online this morning. I pray that we will find time to come quietly before you to worship you because you are worthy of all of the praise that we could ever bring to you, God. I pray that our ears and our hearts would be open to hear what you have to say to us this week. Thank you, God, for your unfailing love and perfect grace. In your name we pray. Amen.